when the kids call and they say, hey, Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together, and Skyline's always been part of our family time. While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn. Light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org give. Welcome into another edition of the Going Deep Podcast. Kevin Masseri here with Mike Bunt. We're talking some OTAs. We're talking DeAndre Hopkins, Bill's Watch. We'll break down some news, notes, rumors, anything that we see from the DeAndre Hopkins Watch to date and some side stuff that we have. Also talk about the team and what we have heard and seen in some more OTAs and some, some cool notes there. But we'll be right back with you. We're looking forward to it. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. me talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Right now I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary, how do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Allen. Deep downfield, wide open. What is going on, everyone? We are back with the Going Deep podcast. Kevin and Mike here to break down DeAndre Hopkins' watch as we go through everything we've heard. We had some OTAs on the fold, some good notes from some of the new players, some interesting comments from the coordinators and position coaches. Mike, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's an exciting time. The weather's finally turning into summer here in Buffalo. We have DeAndre Hopkins watch going on. Uh, so uh, a lot of good things happening right now, Kev. We sure do. It is our first show, by the way, Mike and myself without producer AJ. So uh, we're doing this on our own. So we're all handling a little bit of the production, but um, you know, we miss AJ. Congratulations to him for graduating, Mike. But it is officially DeAndre Hopkins time. He was released from the Cardinals officially uh, as four o'clock. You know, there's probably an early notice on that last week to see if they could drum up some last minute interest though I don't believe anyone was creating a Brown $19 million in cap space to acquire the player, give up an asset, have to be under the cap, and still then make restructures and other moves anyways. So, you know, the move for the Arizona Cardinals was to release DeAndre Hopkins into the market, and we've all heard a bunch of stuff to date right now on this situation. DeAndre Hopkins hires a new agent uh, to go ahead and represent himself. He was self uh, self-agent for a long time. Uh, decided that maybe in, if I'm going to get a really creative deal, I'm going to need an agent to help work this thing out. So he has done so. Uh, Adam Schefter was just on a podcast from today saying that he doesn't believe the Chiefs and the Bills are going to overspend here. 
There could be some wild cards. Would he want to re-engage with the Browns? The funny part is every time you hear something, it's like people saying, well, that team's not interested. That team's not interested. That Someone's going to be interested in it. Will it be a wild card team? Will it be someone like a competitor looking to get their first ring? Those are a couple of interesting points, uh, points of topic, Mike. But what is your initial reaction to the player being released? We've talked about him on the show a little bit, uh, but give me your kind of up-to-date you know, kind of opinion. I do think him being released did change some things. You no longer had to give up, have to give up an asset to acquire him. The money, though, has always been the sticking point with DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs and the Bills, the two teams that a lot of people would be the public, the public favorites, I guess, uh, in the minds of many, are two teams that have the least amount of money to give a premier wide receiver at the current moment. So you tie that together with Hopkins comments about wanting to be with a stable organization, play for a premier quarterback and try to win a Super Bowl, And it kind of sets up this dilemma of who's going to cave uh, in this situation. Is Hopkins going to end up settling for less money to go to a winner like Kansas city or Buffalo, or is he ultimately going to go to a team that isn't as good as the bills or the chiefs? and get his bag of cash. So I, I think that's the, the great unknown at this point in time. And there's been a lot of speculation, but there really hasn't been much reporting. Uh, you're hearing people like Schefter say, well, people don't think it's going to be Buffalo because they don't really have the money. And he, he goes on to say the same thing with Kansas City. But then he says in the same podcast, I, I didn't get a chance to listen, but I did hear other people um, tweet about it where he's saying, well, Kansas City does make sense because they can do these restructures. Well, it, here's the thing. The Bills in Kansas City both can make the cap space for this move to fit both of them. If Hopkins is willing to take a reasonable deal from either team, if he's looking for mega cash, you're going to have to then open this up to a bunch of teams that are outside the box where you're suddenly bringing up the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, and – a bunch of teams that we probably haven't even considered yet to this point. And to be realistic at, at that point, you start wondering, well, he forced his way out of Arizona. Why would he want to go to another bad situation just to get another bag of cash that would be comparable to what he would have already gotten? Yeah, I agree. Like for me, it's a matter of if you were thinking about this from a perspective of the player. Now let's take the teams out of it. What is he going to gain from going to, I don't know. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but I'll even use the Lions, who is a team that is considered an upstart team who, you know, people are considering for the AFC North or NFC North at this stage. Uh, it's a team that, you know, many like, they think they have the pieces. If you go to that organization, are you really thinking about a nine and eight year? Like, okay, let's say that he elevates. We talked about this a little bit. How many games, let's start here, Mike. How many games does DeAndre Hopkins win for you? Whether it's the Bills down even to the Lions. How many, what's the war? Wins above his replacement. So whether his replacement in the Bills case might be Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, whoever might take those snaps. How many wins above that, those players or that group of players does he earn a team? That's that's my question. I don't think it would be a ton, Kev. I, I mean, if you're looking at wins above replacement, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Right. But would it, would it even equal a win? Would Hopkins, would that be his value? Maybe one win maybe over the course of a regular season? I, you make this move because if you're the Bills or you're Kansas City, because you think in the playoffs he's he brings that clutch factor of where 
he'll be a matchup nightmare. But over the course of a 17-game regular season, how much does he improve you? If you already thought the Bills were a 12-13 win team, does he make you uh, a 14-15 win team? Probably not. You're probably still in that same ballpark range of wins that you would have expected before the season. It's more of if you're the Bills, like I said, their thinking is come playoff time, teams aren't going to be able to bracket Stephon Diggs and just be able to shut down the other side of the field. We'll, we'll be able to take advantage of certain things uh, that opponents throw at us. Yeah, and what's interesting is there's certainly some more reports and other things I've heard that are more optimistic and positive than the one that Schefter just released. His was kind of just like good teams aren't going to pay him. Bad, he might not be interested in bad teams. It wasn't like a lot of anything. So to take away from any of that, like most of it was negative, except for like if you're a bad team or a medium tier team, you're thinking like, okay, maybe I have a chance now because of some of the, the heavyweights, and some of the favorites aren't going to score. And maybe he's the missing piece to my team. I do think there's scenarios where he's a game and a half of win above replacement. But look, no one above two games ever. It's got to be a quarterback. It's got to be from patch. It's got to be upper end quarterback, top 10 quarterback going from good team to bad team to affect three, four games, et cetera. Now, situationally, you can be better. You can hope for a little bit more of a boost from the receiver room, you know, maybe uh, contested catches, maybe Josh Allen's completion percentage goes up, which in turn should equal fractions of a win, depending on the stat, up till you get to a win, and then maybe a win and a half over the replacement in the Bills case. The Bills are already on a fine line, so maybe what it does do is it secures them more. Maybe it doesn't earn them a win, but it brings them to make sure they reach the threshold that they're hoping for. So that's also something that I will say kind of secures locks them in to be more safe. You, you know, you obviously have more depth. Um, it is, it is a situation to where you can be in a good spot if you have an injury as well. So for me, and also there are reports today that I saw where that there are some AFC from, you know, from Dove Kleinman and bro Bible that he is uh, are running that some teams think he can't run routes anymore, that he's slower. He can still some AFC, um, executive said he can still win contested catches, uh, but really is he himself? They don't know. Um, so there's definitely yeah, been that's some reports thing about all of this, though. Like that—that's that, the thing that like is to me not not making sense. So you have certain people saying, "Well, the public perception of D Hop is different than right. what teams have of D Hop." Well, if that's the case, in the reports of Ian Rappaport, where he's saying this could be a long wait for him to find a team and that he might not even command the money that Odell Beckham Jr. just secured earlier this offseason. Well, if that's the case, then why couldn't the Bills or Kansas City secure him? If there isn't going to be a bidding war <clears throat> from outside teams, why are we? Why are some of the people automatically discounting the Bills in Kansas City at this time? So I, I think the assumption from Schefter and an article from Pro Football Talk earlier is that they believe D Hop is going to want to give his money? Well, it's one thing if a team goes out there and offers him twenty million. Okay, of, of course you take the money, no doubt about it. As long as the team isn't a situation like the Arizona Cardinals. But if you're talking about the the Bills or Kansas City offering twelve, thirteen, fourteen million, and another team offering sixteen, seventeen million, and they're a borderline playoff team. I don't think it's it's cut and dry in that situation, especially when Hopkins is doing this flirting with Bills fans and Chiefs fans throughout the offseason. Now, I, I think we learned in the J.J. Watt situation in the past that just because someone says, I want to go to a winner or I want to be <clears> – <throat> I like this fan base or I, I like this quarterback doesn't mean that they ultimately will choose that franchise when push comes to shove. 
But I do think that shouldn't just be discounted uh, like it has by some people uh, right away. And you're seeing guys like Jeremy Fowler, who's also at ESPN, same company as Schefter, and he's saying that he thinks the Bills are one of the favorites uh, in this race. He, he thinks the Bills and the Chiefs are the two, two teams that uh, D-Hop really is considering the most. So uh, I think uh, at this point, there's just a lot of speculation. I don't think there's a lot of real reporting of what D-Hop truly is thinking and what he wants. So uh, it, it's just a lot of it's a lot of smoke at this point, Kev. We, we just don't know enough about what's inside his head to have a to make definitive statements on which way he's going to lean. I think what's interesting is we're going to find out a lot about the players here during D hop watch is does he hold true to the, that he wants to play for all the, the list we see, we've all heard the list, the executive, you know, stability in the executives. He wants the quarterback. He wants the defense. I mean, the list is very short. Um, so what does that do when you have a short list? It means you're kind of giving in your leverage and you're going to have to accept an offer that you may not otherwise want to accept if the Chicago bears came calling. Um, you know, someone that has Indianapolis Colts came calling. Uh, are, are you going to maximize your value? What are you telling your new agent that you just signed? Are you going to maximize that? Or are you going to legitimately go to the best possible team you can that wants you? Now, maybe the Bills and Chiefs are in there at $5 million and there isn't really no, there isn't where it really a place to go. Um, but to me, I think it always comes back to money, and he's going to skew this at the end of this, whether whatever team he happens to choose. Let's just use the Lions as an example placeholder right now. He's going to say something like, well, the Lions are an upstart, comp- uh, upstart team. They have you know, Jared Goff in place. The trajectory is great. The executive stable. Everyone loves Campbell. The defense is good. The offensive line is good. You're going to say these things that rationalize going to an organization like Detroit. And that's what you're, he's going to say. And he's going to say, it did check all my boxes. See, like they're the team that is going to win the division. They have a, just as good of a chance as any to go to the Super Bowl because the NFC is weak, whatever he may say. And you can do that for most teams outside of a really poor team. He can really come out with some middle tier solutions in this situation. So I do believe he'll go for the money for the most part. Could there be a little bit, could he get more flexible with the team he prefers to go to in terms of maybe moving some things around, maybe some extra uh, incentives, you know, whether they're not likely to be earned or likely to be earned. I do believe that he'll get more creative if just use the bills now as an example are close to DeAndre Hopkins, Mike. I think it's clear that money is going to play a big role in this. And that's why I wouldn't give the bills the, the best odds at this current moment, because number one, you, you hear the, I think it was Albert Breer over the weekend. And Greg, thanks for the comment. Uh, He wants all the things, mostly money, but uh, we'll see when he has to choose between uh, the different things. Spot on, Greg, with that. When when you look at it, Albert Breer reported that the Bills and the Chiefs were both able to talk to to D-Hop during the process of when they were looking into trading for him. And the Chiefs were close to, I don't know when when I say close, but according to reports, were somewhat close to working something out with D-Hop. Then Odell Beckham Jr. signs, <clears throat> everything is next. So if D-Hop just instantly, if he just wanted to be on the Bills or Chiefs, he would have found a way to make it work during that, during uh, before the period before the NFL draft where he could have gotten traded to the Chiefs. So obviously money meant something to him at that point to where he didn't go forward with that. He hires an agent today. He obviously wants good enough representation to where he's not going to just be a pushover for NFL 
uh, general managers to get him on the cheap. So th- those couple signs indicate money is on his mind. It's just what will that ultimately mean and what type of team will he consider? I know a team I was always speculating in the beginning. I don't want to get too much into the different teams because we really don't know. But like the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson type situation where he could reunite with his former quarterback, be on a team that's middle of the pack, but maybe he thinks he could be the answer that gets them over uh, the hump. Uh, I, I guess at this point, if you had to ask me, Bills, Kansas City, or the field, I'm probably leaning the field at this point just because I don't know if Buffalo and Kansas City are going are going to make the moves uh, financially to open up uh, – the resources to give to give Hopkins the contract that he's going to be wanting. So that's not ruling out Buffalo. That's not ruling out Kansas City. I still think the Chiefs and the Bills are going to be in this um, for the most part. But if I had to guess, I'm going someone with the foot field and probably a team that we don't even expect at this current moment. And I've always said this. I've always been, you know, the field is the good place to be just because of the situation. So uncertain as much as people believe it's, you know, going to be a contender and AJ, you know, our friend, old, our old friend, AJ asks, um, you know, did he say all these things when he was on the Cardinals roster? Does being a free agent change this at all? To me, it shouldn't change anything because I think the expectation is whether you're a free agent or not, you're reworking that contract some way or the other. You're pretty much manipulating where you are getting traded to, you weren't, you know, I, I'm assuming even if you can't do anything contractually, most likely, like if the, the Colts would have traded for you, uh, what would you have done in that situation? I still think you were controlling your own destination in terms of this. Because, look, the team went and cut him, which is doing right by the player, in my opinion. So they did they did run a pretty bad ship with this situation for a majority of it. And, you know, ultimately, they didn't want to eat any money. They didn't want to eat more than the $22 million that they had to. Why would they want to eat more money? I thought there was probably room to eat more money this year for them and a team that's rebuilding wouldn't affect them next year, really, for the most part. You know, there is a rollover. You can roll over cap space. So technically eating money you wouldn't have spent is still affecting your future because you can roll that into next year if you're going to spend it a cap next year, that is. So I don't know what Arizona's plans are, uh, but it, it was the right move to cut him pre-June 1st uh, so that you can you know be free and clear of him next year. But to me, I think that Hopkins does believe he wants those things that he said. Like, you don't like look at Rodgers. You do make a list. You do you do want those things. Like, you prefer in a perfect world, those things are all yours. But how are you comparing a four to eight million dollar deal from the Bills to maybe a 12 to 14 million dollar deal from someone the way further, you know, way down your list? How are you comparing those? So I think that regardless of where he goes, I think he's going to be able to reset and say anything that he needs to, to justify the selection of, unless it's a really weird uh, one, he's going to be able to justify his selection of, of a majority of the top half teams, you know, from, from the jets, you know, you could even, you know, justify the dolphins to really, to really the Patriots, even yours, probably, you know, Bill Belichick, the best coach ever, my old coach, I really didn't get along with the position coach, but I did get along with Bill O'Brien. You know, whatever you need to say at that time to justify the actions of like, I'm going to go to New England, be the receiver one on a team that has a chance, whatever. The only thing you could never argue is that the other three teams in the division are better and that Mac Jones is your quarterback. So I think that that's an issue there with certain with certain decisions. But for the most part, does he really care if at the end of the day people are tweeting, well, he only went to New England because he wanted money. Like who, who would really like, does he real? does that really matter? Kev, the, the really interesting part about this too, is we're talking about a 31 year old wide receiver. Granted, he he's not coming off 
an ACL injury like Odell Beckham Jr. But I, That's I remember what executives during, are saying, Mike. I remember during the, the OBJ discourse, there's a lot of people saying, well, he's old. He's on the downside of his career. Why are we interested in a guy like this? Well, we, we don't really know what the Bills' actual interest level in DeAndre Hopkins is. We know that there's some mutual interest. They, they at least have um, looked into the possibility. They have decided it's worth inquiring about. But we don't know if Diop is a guy that the Bills are willing to give a $15 million a year deal to, or if it's something where, well, if he's willing to come here on the cheap, like seven, eight million, we would obviously accept him in that scenario. Obviously, we know D Hop isn't going to go to a team for under ten million dollars, but it, it will it will be interesting if it ever comes out the the actual interest level because we know Bean is a general manager that inquires about almost anybody in the league. Whenever there's a player available, Bean is looking into it. He doesn't close his doors on on improving the roster to almost anything as long as it makes sense. But that doesn't mean that Bean is all in. And I, I think there's going to be a portion of the fan base that's going to be really upset and disappointed if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't become a Buffalo Bill. And I don't get the sense that the Bills right now feel that same way. Uh, I think they would they would like to add him and they think he would improve the team. But I don't get the sense that the Bills front office believes that Hop is going to make the difference between them winning or losing the Super Bowl this next year. Uh, especially when you look at some of the additions that they've already made to their offense this offseason, uh, obviously D-Hop would be a star. But when you're getting past, once you get to around age 31, how many other teams are even going to offer him more than a couple years at $15, $16 million? Right. Like you, you talk about the Patriots as being a team interested. Does that make sense for D-Hop to go to a, a place like New England where he's probably going to a fourth-place team? You bring up Cleveland as a possibility. We bring up uh, – Detroit is a possibility. None of those are really exciting. Maybe Detroit can be a riser uh, out of nowhere. Even Dallas, they have two receivers already that are solid guys uh, on that roster. So you, you you keep bringing up all these rosters, and we're already heading into June soon, uh, where teams don't have a bunch of money to just spend freely. They've, they've already gone through free agency spending for the draft. It, this is not a good time if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you're looking to to get a bunch of money because not many teams are gonna are gonna throw that at him and I I think it's entirely possible that some of the GMs that might be in this might just be trying to wait it out and just say here's my number and if you don't like it call me back in like two three weeks if you're still on the market uh, and you change your mind. Yeah, we don't know a lot about Brandon Bean in terms of his negotiations, but we do know he does stuff like that. Like, we do know that, look at other deals, you know, Shelley probably offered a minimum contract. You know, Brandon Shell, their new right tackle that is conceivably going to battle with Quesenberry for the main reserve tackle role spot. They say that to all the time. Like, here's our offer. Give me a call. I don't, I don't know how often Brandon Bean pulls those offers. Maybe there's a world he pulls some of those back. But for the most part, I believe he's probably one that says, want you to play for us. One five, that's the offer. Give me a call. We'll take, we'll take it at any stage you're ready. And I think that the bills do offer that. Now let's, let's utilize that in this example um, of Deandre Hopkins, eight and a half million. We can get creative if we're close. This is what, what our offer is. Give me a call. Uh, I'm assuming that's the way that it works. There is a number that makes sense on our high end. It's here seven to nine, whatever. This is, this is our high end. If we're close, we'll see if we can get creative um, with the rest of this. So I believe that 
that's the way it goes. And maybe Hopkins then goes to his agent. His agent says, wait for someone to get hurt in training camp. Someone's going to get hurt in July. Why do we need to, or, or, you know, even early August or mid August, why do we need to do it right now? Why do we need to do it right now? When maybe it's even Buffalo, you know, that one of the top three receivers, you know, maybe even lesser extent, it's like Shakir or Hardy or Sherfield goes down or something. The Bills get a little bit more desperate. Don't know why any of those three would make them desperate, but you know, maybe Diggs or Davis makes them more desperate. Um, and then even the bills will come calling and that um, number will rise. I truly don't believe unless he gets a crazy deal in the next three days, is he going to sign now? Maybe that crazy deal comes. Maybe a team's like, we'll match the OBJ stuff. We think you're going to be just as good. You know, we'll give you that come in and play with us. And then he's going to determine if, if that team's not the bills or the chiefs to the lesser extent, maybe even like the Ravens or, or a couple of the other contenders, he's going to have to consider, what that means. And do I sign now to one of these teams just to take my bag or will that bag still be with that team later on this off season? And maybe I'll still hear from the builder chiefs. I do believe that's the way it's going to go. He's going to wait it out till the bit, bitter end. If he doesn't get one of the teams he's looking for, and then he might take that potentially same deal that he was offered today by Cleveland or Detroit, New England. I think the jets make a lot of sense. They have $18 million. They manipulated that Aaron Rodgers deal enough around where they have 18 million in cap space, they can cut Corey Davis for another 12. They're sitting at 30 million. Yes, they owe 107 million in cash with this weird deferral that they have with Aaron Rodgers and potentially whether he plays one more year, three more years, they have to deal with his contract, but they they don't have to deal with it this year. Um, so they're going to have to figure out is going all in this year with Hopkins cutting Corey Davis um, is pretty much a fairly decent swap. So they need to be all in and they need to give Rodgers the maximum amount of talent. Garrett Wilson, uh, Michael Hardman. Uh, you're going to give them the, 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 the maximum amount of talent that you can right now, uh, Alan Lazard, uh, to, to win it. So I think the Jets are the one that sticks out to me just because of how desperate they've shown to be to trade for a 40 year old quarterback at what he cost, what stage he's out of his career. That clearly doesn't bother him, Mike. So I do believe the Jets are one of my top and then, and then Cleveland are two of the, the teams that aren't the top end teams. Um, I think those two teams are my wild card teams uh, with Detroit as, as a, as another candidate of coming in strong here because they have a winnable division. You could put your owner, you know, they may not have the most upfront cash type of ownership. Their cap space is fine. Uh, they might have a, a, a reason to, because they can say, look, like we could be a player away from winning this division. So that's why, you know, we have 23 million in cap space. That isn't an issue. Um, but, you know, can we come up with some cash to sign him? So I think for the most part, I don't know how much of an OBJ situation this is going to be, like how long it goes. And even if I was a team, I'd want this guy in camp in the next, even at mandatories is still, you want to, you want him to get an acclimated to the offense. You want to get him going. You'd like to get him all of his reps in training camp and some preseason games with this offense for the most part. Um, so it's still going to be a challenge, but at the end of the day, Mike, if he's not getting the offers that he wanted, he may have to wait it out just to see if the Bills, Chiefs, maybe Ravens, whatever his real his real top three is, come available to call me and not just jump on uh, the Lions offer, the Saints offer, the Patriots offer. Uh, maybe the Jets can do enough to convince him. It depends on how patient he is and how much the money versus the teams he wants to play for factor on his mind. If if he if he's set on like I, I got three or four teams and it has to be one of those, yeah, this could this could take a while. If he's open to going to a situation that doesn't fit all the criteria he's looking for, well then maybe he could have a team as early as this weekend or even before then. 
But it, it really all depends on what he's going to end up looking for. The, 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 the thought, I think, from Schefter and some of the other insiders on why this could be a while is because they don't think the Bills or Kansas City are going to budge when their line of thinking. So if, if Buffalo and Kansas City don't budge, that means Hopkins will have to budge on what he's looking for in a franchise. So that's why I think there's a belief that this could take a little while because if DeAndre Hopkins, say he was set on Buffalo, Baltimore, um, the Chargers, Philly, teams like that, Kansas City, if they don't come calling his phone, he's eventually going to have to decide, do I go to lesser organizations where they're offering me better contracts uh, or do I – do I decide to take a one-year deal with a team and try to go win it? So there's ultimately, it all depends on how this plays out. We we don't have any idea at the current moment. Adam Schefter feels strongly enough to go on a podcast and say that he doesn't think the bills are likely going to be at this cost shooter at the cost. So, but he did say they're in, they're part of the discussion at the current moment. But I, I will say this normally when Adam Schefter says stuff, He's, he has a pretty good track record. You, you didn't get to be the, the face of NFL reporting at ESPN by accident. So uh, if I was a Bills fan, I would feel a little more pessimistic now about my chances of the Bills getting DeAndre Hopkins than I would have earlier this afternoon or morning waking up. Uh, I know you've been pretty persistent the, the last week since he got cut that you thought that Buffalo might have a 40% chance of making this happen, which – some people would say that's optimistic. Other people would say, well, we still have less than a 50-50 chance at this point in time. I think if I was a betting man now, Kev, if I was at that 40%, which I didn't really have an official number, I'm probably down to, to 25%. It's possible. I'm not going to discount the, the, the Bills' chances, but something is going to have to change in DeAndre Hopkins' camp in order to make the Bills a possibility. I don't think Brandon Bean is going to just be throwing him what he wants right off the bat. So if it does happen with the Bills, and I could be completely wrong, I don't think this is something where if it ends up being the Bills, it happens this week. I think if it's the Bills, this is something that ends up being the result of a waiting game after not getting what he wants from other organizations. So, Mike, to recap, um, where would you say – the time frame. If it was the Bills, where would you say that that gets done? What is the date that that happens? What's your prediction? It depends on how patient he is. Now, I, I saw RJ was saying that D Hop wanted to be with a team by training camp, get acclimated. Uh, I don't know if he said that or if that was something that was reported. But I, if it is the Bills, I would imagine it would be a week or two from now. After waiting for for some time, not having anything come to fruition, and then decide, you know what? These other teams aren't offering me the money that I want. The Bills and KC are right around where they were. They're a winner. They have the franchise stability that they I like. They have the quarterback that I like. You know what? They're they're offering me ten million. That's better than taking twelve million from Cleveland or or Detroit or New England. I'll go to Buffalo. But I, I don't think that's something that would happen. Uh, this week, Tommy Tommy's saying here that Jeff Darlington said on ESPN he thinks D hops down to the Bills and Chiefs. It, it's very possible. I I just it, it's so tough because we don't know what's really going on. We we know what D hop has been indicating to us. 
All we we also know some other facts. Obviously, yeah. we reported from our Cover One account that they've been looking through some stuff with Trey White and his medicals. Now, could that be independent? I guess that's conceivable that it's independent of anything that's going on. That they're looking at potentially maybe at the end, maybe they'd want some some in season money. Maybe they're deciding what to do if they get the player. Uh, if they can trust that knee to extend money out, basically, basically you save cap space this year, Mike, it's as simple as this. You save cap space this year by pushing it out to future years. And so, you know, in, in, in there's no real reason to ever check something other than like, I'm making a future years investment. Maybe they're looking at things like extensions and moving some money around with other players. They're clearly looking at stuff. Now, maybe it's just due diligence. Maybe it's because Maybe I'm going to entertain one of the seven free agent defensive ends that are available, the Robert Quinns, uh, the Yannick Ngakwe's um, of the world, the the Justin Houston's, um, you know, so there is. I'll throw something at you, Kev. Yeah, go ahead. Realistically, realistically, I know this isn't going to be, a lot of fans aren't going to probably like this. What's a bigger impact for the Bills this upcoming season? Adding a guy like Yannick Ngakwe or Justin Houston or uh, Melvin Ingram or adding DeAndre Hopkins. I know Hopkins is the the fancy name, but the Bills' offense was already number two in the NFL last year, and they already helped work. They already worked on fixing their offensive line this offseason. They added a big slot in Kincaid. They added a couple running backs that should give them some more versatility in their run game. Does D Hop help this team more get over the edge, or is it adding uh, another solid? solid player to the DN rotation where you could have a Yannick Ngakwe or Justin Houston that could be a, a 9-10 sack guy given a strong season. What what do you think would ultimately help the Bills more going forward? I mean, I'm having a hard time because I think the DN rotation is better than we ended the season with, and there are still some stats that show they were pretty decent at win rate in the playoffs, much to our chagrin. Um I think with Vaughn coming back, he thinks week one, but absolute worst, he says four weeks. Um, so that's interesting that he's in the one to four week camp. Unless he's fully ready to go week one, I do think they'll put him on one of the lists. On uh, one of the lists, whatever one is, behooves them more to put him on. And they're both four, PUP and IR, both four weeks now. So whatever one, you know, you could be around more and practice more, whatever the intricacies of those rules, he'll be on one of those lists for four weeks, opens up a roster spot. And I do think that's a good time to try out young players. I don't know how much of that the end over Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa affect the team. Maybe it's more than I'm saying, but I do think a second premier target on offense where you win the game, we're going to beat players like Mahomes. You're going to be able to keep up with Joe Burrow with the weapons that Joe Burrow has. I do believe that truthfully, Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 
On a one, we're talking on a one-year base. We're not talking in a 10-year span. We're talking on a one to maybe two-year basis that I do think locking in the receiver two at a fairly reasonable rate when really a receiver two is going to cost $20 million for the most part for someone good. That's what Higgins is going to get paid. Jamar Chase is going to get paid. You know, they're going to have to let Boyd walk most likely. So that's what I mean that at some point, you know, these guys make 20 to $30 million long-term. So I think for the bills to think that they can get a guy, even if he's older on a one to two year basis at some type of half reduction, I do believe that that is valuable enough to my, to my own internal war to go that route. I don't believe, and I, and, and who said you can do both. Maybe you can't get Yannick and Gakwe, but maybe you can get someone like Robert Quinn or somebody else toward the middle or bottom, if you want to call it, of the seven vet defensive ends that, in my opinion, are all going to affect playoff teams this year. I think all seven of them, by the time September 1st rolls around, or the majority of them, are going to be on some of these playoff teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and others. So I don't think that you need to go for the top of that list. I think you can settle a couple ticks down, and you're going to find somebody, the, the David Edwards of the world, the Taylor Raps of the world, that'd be willing to take $2 million and the bills will find money for that rather than someone that's going to cost them an arm and a leg. So to me, I pick Hopkins for this reason. I think that he can affect the offense. He can get the identity going. He gives you another out with Dalton Kincaid, with Gabe Davis, with Stefan Diggs, with James Cook, with Dawson Knox, uh, with Trent Sherfield and, and, and Hardy and a couple of guys that look good today in OTAs, Mike. Um, so to me, I do believe that he adds to a dynamic offense and he helps improve Josh Allen in a way that's really important this year and helps Ken Dorsey have yet another outlet that he has to work with um, that he can figure out. Because, look, they- what's your total opinion of of would you go? I'm, I'm assuming you're going to go D-end. Would you go D end over receiver? I'm honestly open to, to either or. I, I think I would prefer D Hopkins at this point, uh, just because I like your point. He is a, a premier wide receiver still. And I think having that one two punch on offense would outweigh the, the positive results of adding uh, an older veteran D end. If, if we weren't considering a D Hopkins right now, 100% would be on board with adding another defensive end. Uh, like a Yannick or a Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram. But I I just think that Hopkins can make this offense almost unstoppable uh, with what they currently have. And so I, I would have to go Hopkins, but I do think it's important for the Bills not to overpay in this situation, which I think it's clear that they don't intend to at this moment. Uh, but say it was going to end up being like a three-year deal, $20 million per year, which we know that's not being considered, then I would have to be like, okay, let's uh, let's hold up a minute. Uh, is that really what we want to invest into a guy that's going to end up being 33, 34 years old in a couple years? But if it's a one-year, two-year deal, I'm perfectly okay with it. Uh, I, I think we've seen that Bean doesn't mind having receivers in his early 30s. Obviously, Cole Beasley, John Brown. Uh, he's had running backs that were in their 30s uh, with Frank Gore and a bunch of other guys. So I, I think Bean is okay with bringing in older guys when he knows that there's a certain uh, talent level that 
he's acquiring. So Hopkins, to me, it's a home run. If you, if you add Hopkins, this offense should realistically, it, it has to be a top three in the league again. And it, it could potentially be the best offense in the NFL. It, you just, I don't know how you would shut it down on a week by week basis, Kev. When you start having Gabe Davis as your your three, and you have Kincaid and Knox, and you have that group of running backs, I, I don't I don't know how you slow this team down consistently. I feel like they would have answers to almost anything defenses could throw at them. I I agree. To me, I think the name of the game is scoring points in this league, and we've had shows and lots of shows labeled get Josh Allen weapons uh, many times on this. And I think that, that you can extend here. I don't think you need to add just a receiver to add a receiver. I do think the style of receiver two would change the game uh, for the bills this season. If you wouldn't mind smashing the like button, that means all heck of a lot for us. It helps create great content here on the cover one sports network um, and continue to bring great topics and a really plethora and a lot of great lineup throughout the week great slack channel on the cover one premium so we appreciate all of you guys from tuning in as well and from our show sponsor sons of erie get out there and check out their instagram and their new design which is super cool um so mike as we kind of peter on this race what is the max you would feel comfortable giving them you know you don't have to have some in-depth cap talk with me just what is the number that you think is realistic that Mike Bunt would pay DeAndre Hopkins if you made a call right now to him? What what do you think he's worth with your information? So I'll preface this by saying I'm not a cap That's guru fine. like yourself and Greg Thompson. Uh, if we're looking at money, I, I can't go above 20. I, I feel like a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, if he wasn't 31 years old, coming off uh, some injuries and in the – the drug testing and some of the issues that he's dealt with in recent years. He's a guy that would probably command over 20 million per year easy. Uh, But hearing about his market, the timing of all of this, I'm thinking 15 to 16 would be probably on the high end of what teams would probably be looking at paying him now. Uh, I'm, you know how I roll Kev. If Brandon Bean has a number he's okay with, and he can make it work with the cap, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, If you can find a way to work it in and not screw yourself over for years to come in the future, I'm really not going to be upset if it's two, three million higher than what I personally would do myself. And I think that, you know, the the ceiling isn't necessarily the $19 million he would have earned anyways, because there's different ways that you can structure deals um, when you're a free agent as compared to taking on, you need to clear the entire contract to take on the player. Um, that's difficult to do. And then you can restructure him. So you're kind of double dipping and needing to restructure when you trade for a player. But when you sign one, you can probably pay a little bit more, but I do still believe the cap top is still around what OBJ got. So he may think he's better than OBJ and want a bigger deal, but I do believe that's about the top of, of his his end, of the end of what he'll receive. Did you um, see Greg's suggestion? Yeah, I've seen a I've seen a couple. Do you think that would be up. what the Bills would be thinking along yeah. the lines of that? Yeah, I think that there's a couple ways to get creative here, and it's just all what you're going to do um, that helps you with spreading money out. So I think that that's what I said earlier in the show with when you're getting closer to 
having a deal like with DeAndre Hopkins, then I think that's when you can enter like the creative phase and the creative phase is let's throw some not likely to be in the earned incentives in there. Maybe some that are some active roster bonuses. Let's try to get there. So I don't have to pay the piper right now, depending on what style is it likely to be earned or not likely to be earned. And let's see if we can do something where we push it toward the end of the cap. And I have room, I have time to think about what, what restructures I want to do toward the end of summer, that kind of thing. So I think that being creative with the team. So if, if the bills and him are close, let's see how we can get there and let's be as creative as possible with a contract um, that will work out the best. And that's truly what I think. Well, that's why I think you need to get close. And then if you're at the next sitting at the negotiating, and I say this all the time, if you're at the negotiating table with somebody, let's use Hopkins for this is what we're talking about. You're at the negotiating table with me for a reason. That means we're fairly close uh, outside of things go sour and South quickly. You're talking to me for a reason we're at least in the same stratosphere of a deal. I think those are the times are that you're going to start to be creative with a structure of this, of this scenario. So, but for the most part, there's tons of void years. The OBJ is pretty much an also another blueprint um, to, to, you know, what a team's thinking Um, because yes, I think they paid a little bit too much for him, but still that just shows you kind of what the mindset was of a deal. Um, you know, one year for $15 million with some extra bonuses in there. His base salary is only one, one six, uh, which is that minimum. Um, they're spreading out the majority of the, the guaranteed signing bonus throughout the course of his deal, 13.8 million with four void years, meaning that they're put the, the, the Ravens are borrowing $2.7 million for the next four years to pay him this year. So most people will say the cap goes up so much that that's not really a big deal. Also, those void years act as placeholders. If you ever do want to give him a deal, you can work in those void years into your deal. But they would become due on your cap if you don't, you know, if you cut him and you don't, you don't sign him next year. So you're borrowing from next year, uh, the next four years in OBJ, OBJ's case, uh, to pay him this year. And I do believe that kind of structure is what's going to be considered here, uh, especially to a team with a limited cap. A team that has a lot of cap space that he chooses, they can do whatever they want. So if he does choose one of those lesser teams, lesser teams, he they can do whatever they want. You know, someone like the Jets can just cut Corey Davis if they want. So, but teams that need to be strategic, strategic like the Bills, the Ravens again, or the Chiefs, uh, they're going to utilize four void many. I don't know how many two to four void years, especially. So you can spread out the majority of the contract because he's going to get a minimum base salary and he's going to get a guaranteed amount of signing bonus right upon signing. And it just determines how many void years you want to utilize to, to absorb that signing bonus. So that's, that's the way that'll be structured, but there's a couple of blueprints out there for what could really, uh, what could really happen with his, with his deal. Um, You know, you could use all types of different, uh, not likely to be earned incentives. Um, you know, whether it's reach a certain point of the, you know, reach the Super Bowl, you earn 250K if the team just reaches the Super Bowl. So if you're the missing piece that makes us reach the Super Bowl, which is everybody's asking for here, you earn 250K alone. Just maybe you didn't even play half the games. Uh, maybe you need to reach a certain amount of catches or yards. Generally, players don't love those kind of things because. You know, they're not guaranteed to, to reach it. It's more workout bonuses. Active game day bonuses are, are ones you, that you generally see. So uh, I think that those are the things you can work in to be strategic when he when you think you're close, when you think that you're number one in the contact, contract negotiations. But the beginning of it, I think it just starts with like, look, man, 
you got you got cut in June. I don't got any money left. Will you play for nine million dollars? Like, I'm sorry, I tried to trade for you. We love you. Josh Allen loves you. Von Miller loves you. Will you play for some version of eight to ten million dollars? Player's going to probably say, "Well, OBJ just got the the deal we just went over, um, and with 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 incentives on top of it." So he's going to say no immediately, but then maybe he reflects on it and is like, Oof, maybe that is my best opportunity. So that's the way that I kind of review this, Mike, when, he, when it comes to like the player. I don't, there's so many mixed things on how long he waits here, but what's your guess? Is it, in your opinion, do you think he should sign this week or really push it and miss camp and wait till middle of August? What's, what's your opinion? I think he's better off signing this week if he wants to make an impact this upcoming season because playing in camp, getting acclimated with whatever quarterback you're going to be playing with is going to be important in the playbook down. I think when you're 31, if he's not going to get a three, three year deal, long-term deal uh, with a team, he could be playing on just a one year deal this year. So how he performs this season could make a big impact on whether or not teams going forward might even consider giving him a multi-year deal uh, in the future. So I think the most important thing, if I was DeAndre Hopkins this year, would be find a good situation to where I have a good, solid quarterback, I can put up some numbers, and I can hopefully then cash in maybe one more time in free agency. I'm not saying mega uh, deal because obviously once he – hits 31, 32, he's not going to be signing four or five year contracts anymore for big time money. But the only way I would be, I guess, waiting a long time if I was him is if I thought there was the possibility of getting that long-term deal, that final contract that would, that would give me the big time cash. But uh, if I, if I was DeAndre Hopkins, I would try to find a team uh, before mid late June. So you have, a safe situation heading into July and training camp. Right. And I think it's a good question too. And I want to, want to talk about is does he securing a new agent help him or do, does it complicate things or delay things? What's your opinion on if it, why, why would a player want to go get an agent? Obviously you want a creative deal. You want to seek as most money as you can. You can still do those things with, without an agent in theory. Does your, does your opinion state that like an agent might press him to make a decision quicker though, compared to like a family member or yourself I think it yeah, does. I think an agent in your ear says like, Hey man, you should probably get into camp and take this. What do you think? Yeah. I think, I think it speeds it up. That's my opinion. An agent wants to get, uh, an agent yeah. wants to get paid. They so get paid. you don't get paid if you're not signing a deal. So uh, I think it does help the process overall because an agent's going to be in DeAndre's ear telling him, this is what the bills are offering. This is what this team is offering. They're not going to budge too much. So you're not worth, it's not worth your time waiting this out or, uh, going in this direction, that direction, whatever. So I, I do think that will probably help the process because who who knows what DeAndre was thinking heading into all of this. But I, I do think that'll help speed things up. And hopefully for our sake, because I don't know if I can go another couple weeks talking about DeAndre Hopkins watch. I, I'm going to want some updates eventually here, Kevin, just because it feels like not that this is anywhere close to what OBJ watch was, which lasted what over half a year, but this is really something where for the sake of Bill's mafia and the Bill's fans, uh, I I would rather get this resolved sooner rather than later. So the bills can move on as an organization and uh, 
figure out what their plans are going for. Because if you do add DeAndre Hopkins to your organization, you are going to be changing some things. Uh, mm-hmm. Your plan for uh, spreading the ball out is going to change drastically. You don't bring in a DeAndre Hopkins to only get uh, 40, 50 catches. You bring him in to be a, a big-time target share, which will impact how you bring Dalton Kincaid into the mix and how you uh, handle Gabe Davis and, and what your plans for him are going forward. And, and it can trickle down all the way to Khalil Shakir and Hardy and uh, the bottom depth of guys as well and, and what their roles can be. So uh, if I'm the Bills, ultimately, I, I've, as a fan, I, I want this resolved by the end of this week. But I, I think realistically it could go another couple of weeks. Worst case scenario is this is we're still talking about this a month from now. And maybe at that point the, the number could go down to a point where it would be realistic for the Bills. I just don't, as a fan and selfishly, don't want to have to be talking about this for another 30-plus uh, days. Yeah, that's selfish. We're going to talk about it for as long as we need to here on the Going <laughs> podcast, across social media, and others. It is great discussion and ultimately i do think that the bills will come to the table and say like look man we're trying to implement an offense we're trying to get our quarterback and our offensive coordinator going generally you know we'll give you two million dollars and let you think about it but in this case where we're going to as much as we can we need to make moves we need to restructure players we need to think about void years we need to consider extensions whatever it may be that they're okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. It's at the top of their list. They need to think about those things. And in this case, as compared to different than like Puna Ford saying like, here, man, here's two, two to three million. Let me know when you know. Um, it's a little bit different. Like, hey, like we need to get this done. It's why the agents there to probably, I do believe the agent's a good thing. Now, is it good that the bill for the bills? I don't know, but it's good to get the, for Mike, in your case, it's good. Because I think that it pushes DeAndre to make a decision. The agent wants his cut for doing his work, but also at the same time, can help him actually analyze, like maybe going to Buffalo for a year is best. You're going to play with Josh Allen up your value for maybe your last couple of your deal that you may be thinking you could get, you know, he's going to be able to push him in directions or work deals quicker, exchange, you know, notes with, with Brandon Bean and Jim Overdorf quicker than, than others can do that himself could do while he's, you know, out there doing whatever he's doing. Um, so I think that having a specialized person and a specialized agent, literally doing your job, um, is what's going to in- increase this and he can do your bidding for you. He can go to different teams and say, the bills are offering this, like, you know, you're going to match this, or am I going to go finish this up with the bills? So he can get to those agents or those GMs and, and, and negotiators quicker than the, the player can, who's just kind of chilling, hoping for the best opportunity, you know, like I would be doing if I was a player. Um, 
and waiting for someone to come to me. Well, the agent's going to reach out and say like, those are pretty serious. They got this number on the table. What are you going to do, Detroit? Nothing. All right. Well, we're going to go back to the table with them and finish something up. So to me, I think hiring the agent shows that he's serious about getting it done. He didn't, you know, he hired who he conceived to be the best option for him and his family to get paid. And I do think that the agent's job outside of having no market, the agent's job is to pick the best location with the right amount of money and present an option or no options to, to DeAndre and say, Hey, look, the bills are the best. Like based on what you gave me, I think you should, you should go to the table with some final things there. What do you think? Um, and I think that that helps push this forward, Mike. So um, I think that's the most interesting thing about the agent. Yeah. agree with all that. And if anything, it should make it a smoother process and it, just getting DeAndre to that point where he, he knows this is what the bills and chiefs are going to offer. It is what it is. They say they're not going to go up anymore. DeAndre, what's your choice? Do you want to go to the team with more money? Do you want to go to the team with a quarterback uh, and the higher chance of having success where you can maybe earn a larger contract in a year or two? Agent will present all of that in in an easy-to-absorb fashion to where you can make the best decision with the most clarity to move forward. Now, ultimately, DeAndre Hopkins – was probably going to make whatever decision he wants to make in the end. But I think it's easier for teams when they're dealing with an agent where they can relay things uh, with one person than it is going with a player and not always knowing where you are and where things sit. Yeah, for sure. Mike, with it all being said, would you press the limits? You know, obviously would you, would you think you would go to the table if you were the bills and, and try to get this thing done? Where would you leave this? So, or would you fan- say my roster is good enough? I don't care. So, the fan side of me wants DeAndre Hopkins badly to be a Buffalo Bill because he's obviously great. He's probably a future Hall of Famer. He's been tremendous. I look at how dynamic Josh Allen is, and then you add another dynamic receiver to the uh, the group of guys here, and. I feel like the Bills offense would be unstoppable. But then the the thinker thinking side of me adds in he's 31 years old. Does he really put your is he really the one guy that helps you go over the edge and win a Super Bowl? How much better are you with him than without him? And is he worth giving 15 plus million dollars a year to when you already have salary cap issues and then if you do the void years you're putting even more money into the future which is eventually i mean i i know you people joke about the salary cap being a myth but eventually you restructure enough deals you push enough money into the future you are going to make it tough on yourself to make certain moves that you want to make in future years i i I think i i want them to go for it i want them to give i i want them to give it their all but I don't want them to cross the threshold of being stupid just to make it happen. If that makes sense, Kev, I, I, I want Bean to be diligent and, but also hold to what he values and, and his value system. Don't cross that line of being stupid just because you desperately want this guy on your team. Yeah. I think the agent is a, is a, is a thing that everyone's been asking about. Like, like everyone's kind of curious about the agent, uh, why he hired an agent. I, 
think I think any player wants the most money possible, but I think realistically they want him to handle the work, get creative with some of these bonuses that may be over someone's head that's not an agent. Like, hey, I don't fully know what they're talking about with some of these likely to be earned incentives. Like, will I reach these or not? And I think that an agent has a team of people that can get offers out, can talk negotiations and can get things done quicker, more organized and faster than a player who may be worried about working out, spending time with his family, other things that players worry about. Uh, you know, running his life and have the agent do it. I think that that means he's serious. I think that that's better than a sign where in a month he tries to move, try to do it himself. And in another couple of weeks, he hires a new agent that he's, you know, he's kind of looking around. I think hiring an agent shows that he is looking to get a deal done in the next. To me, it points to that. It doesn't mean it'll play out like that. But to me, an agent isn't going to generally suggest especially if you're ready to play you're healthy you're ready to go and get in a team he's not going to suggest you just wait around he's going to suggest like hey there's no market for you so we have to wait around um, but if there is a market i do believe that the agent will want to get him in and signed and look at even the Poyer situation where he changed agents to signing, an agent, signing an agent indicates you're anticipating a market right. and you know that you're going to have to field through a bunch of different offers and interest from different teams and you don't want to make a rash decision without having a complete understanding of the facts in front of you. So it's good on DeAndre Hopkins to, to have an agent because now he's going to have the proper information he needs to make the best choice for, for himself. And the, yeah. And the updates to Hopkins as you know, the last hour, I think Tommy already gave us one. Uh, Jeff Darlington on Sports Center said the Chiefs and the Bills are the front runners. Uh, pro football talk on the Rich Eisen show just said the Bills and the Chiefs are the two teams to watch. Should both be motivated to keep each other away from each other. So I do believe that Adam Schefter's thing is more like, hey, the Bills aren't going to be in a negotiation, like a huge bidding war. Probably true. But I think that's the only thing I took away from Adam's report. Yeah, it, Adam's report was more speculation than anything. It wasn't really reporting. Um Take it for what it's worth. Like I said earlier, Adam Schefter is right with a lot of stuff. So uh, I do feel a little bit more pessimistic than I did before he reported that. But it wasn't like he said the Bills have no chance. He even said, never say never. Uh, he just said he didn't anticipate it. The Kevin, it's just going to be really interesting how this plays down. When you're, when you're talking about the two teams being the favorites with cap space, one and a half and two and a half million dollars, mm -hmm. uh, it – it just it makes this really complicated because all signs look like DeAndre Hopkins wants some money. And when the two favorites are the teams with the least amount of money, it, it, it's just an interesting uh, dynamic that's set up here. And then you even factor in your role with each team. Kansas City has a void at number one wide receiver right now. And I know a lot of people are saying that Kadarius Tony could be that guy in the future and that the Chiefs have a lot of faith in him. And that's why they traded the, the Giants to acquire him. D-Hop would go straight to Kansas City and be a big-time target for Pat Mahomes. Obviously, he has Kelsey, but it is a little bit more crowded in Buffalo right now with uh, with the guys that the Bills have at receiver, um, counting Kincaid as a pass-catching weapon as well. Uh, and, I, and obviously, he still comes to Buffalo as number two. He's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of balls. But there are – it is a little bit clearer path if he went to KC. Not saying that's where he wants to go or that's where he's going to go. But um, there are a couple of situations where if you're D-Hop and you're weighing things, Buffalo isn't an easy choice, uh, I, I think, 
in this process. If he ends up in Buffalo, it's because he bought into the vision of what this franchise is. And playing with Josh Allen was too good to pass up for for him. We've heard the things he said. He wants to play for a, a great quarterback in the league. He, he mentioned on the one podcast that he's respected the Bills for a long time, and that's part of why he even valued his Hail Mary catch so much against the Bills because he respects how good the Bills' defense is um, and that this is an organization um, that he's watched from afar. So that's all good, but at the end of the day, does that push you to go to a team over money? Does that push you to go to Western New York over joining a Super Bowl contender? We just don't have the answers to that right now, Kevin. And a good point by Johnny Thunders. He's going to see a lot more one-on-one coverage here. True. Like, he's absolutely part of the factor here is premier quarterback, passing offense, premier number one receiver, other options, developing running back that they want to get utilized, a lot of things that would help him out as compared to another situation where they need to win now. They need to win. They need to press. They need to press. Jared Goff needs to prove he's the best. Uh, Watson needs to go out and do his thing. I do believe that he's in a situation to where he can be a big piece of the offensive puzzle, not just the only piece or the forced piece or one that has so much stress on him because um, he's the being the missing link. And I, the chiefs, the the funny part about the chiefs are they spent back to back second round picks on receiver. So the bills didn't make that kind of investment, Rashi rice uh, and our guy, sky Moore. They do view Valdez scantling as a receiver too. And there's been a lot of talks out of there that Kadarius Tony is the guy they want to develop into receiver one. So they have three younger players that they've, you know, and they traded obviously the giant for Tony uh, gave up a third to do so. Uh, but he's a, a younger player Then you might as well call him another first round pick that they acquired because the giants gave up on him. I also think the chiefs have that maybe sense of entitlement or arrogance that with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes combining with one another, mm-hmm. that they're so good that it might not matter if you have a true Number one, you still have Travis Kelsey to dominate most other teams. And you have Pat Mahomes who can spread out the ball to virtually anyone. Uh, So there has been some speculation by reporters that the Chiefs do have a number in mind and that they won't budge over that. Now, if that's the case, that can make it difficult for them uh, in, in this scenario because they already weren't able to close the deal when he was a possible, a trade possibility. We don't know what the Bills, how far the Bills ever got in talks with with the Cardinals and if compensation or money was ever something that they got deep into. All we know with the Bills is that at one point it's basically got shut down. Tim Graham reported it would take an unforeseen development for the Bills to end up getting DeAndre Hopkins. Well, him getting cut or released, I would say, is an unforeseen development that that changes the situation. But it's Kevin. I, I know I've been repetitive this show, but if, if I know the Chiefs and the Bills keep being considered the favorites, but I, I still feel like there's some team in the field we're just we just haven't thought of or haven't discussed that's going to just throw a stupid contract at them and change our entire line of thinking. Yeah, and once again, Chiefs spent a second, a second, a third, and a sixth on those that those young, talented receivers that they're looking to develop along with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And, and a good player I actually really liked in Richie James, a good slot receiver I was considering for the Bills. They went with the Hardy route, but the um, the Chiefs went and did go Richie James, a player that I thought was pretty intriguing from the slot position. 
So we'll see. There's a lot of talent there. And like you said, Mike, that, that arrogance of we have Mahomes, we have the great equalizer. Let's develop those three young players with good contracts. We just gave a lot, a lot of our draft capital away over the last two years to do so. Um, so I think that that could play a role in their decision. And I truly believe they're not going to be in a bidding war for sure. They're going to be a team that says similar to the bills. Maybe the bills get a little bit more aggressive to keep them away from KC. They're going to be like, Hey, here's $7 million. This is all we're going to do. This is all we're going to make room for you. Yes. We have some simple restructures. We have some deals to do with like Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes, but you got to be careful with huge contracts like that or the restructuring, because you want to give Mahomes a new deal at some point. And Chris Jones, you need to work on a new deal too. So, you know, those, those, those aren't necessarily players you want to just mess with super easily. So with all that being said, Mike, this was DeAndre Hopkins watch. We went over a lot of different attitudes from why he would sign an, an agent to what maybe the bills are thinking, some likely destinations, like we said. So we had a pretty action packed show. If everyone wants to smash that like button for us, that means a whole lot. We appreciate everybody staying, all 110 of you. If you could smash it, it would be great. Staying on for D-Hop watching. We'll be live. Trust me, we're behind the scenes working. People we know, some some connections we have to bring you anything breaking that we have at any point. And we'll be right back live with you uh, at any time to, to discuss this if we do hear wind of it getting closer or something you know even more further along gets done. Now, we'll, someone will be back with you, and we'll probably have a D-Hop special continuing on this DeAndre Hopkins edition. And hopefully it's good news. Hopefully it's not one of these things where he signs with the Green Bay Packers out of nowhere, um, uh, just out of left field. I do believe we're probably in the right category of Bills, Chiefs, maybe Detroit, Cleveland, Jets. Um, you know, it's some, some form of this mix mosh of I think we're on the right path here. I do not believe he goes with a team that's non-competitive, but I've been wrong many, many times. Um, but I don't believe in this case, he's going to go with a non-competitive team. I do think he's willing to tell his agent, get this done. I want to play with one, two or three teams. Please get this done. If they're not interested, we'll go to four or five, but really I'd like to play with one, two or three. This is where I want to go and win. I think that there's some truth to that over whatever Odell Beckham Jr. did. And he still ended up in a good, he still ended up at a good team and a good situation. He didn't go in, in fairness to OBJ, he didn't go and sign with um, you know, some losing organization. He did sign with a team that's stable, that usually wins, that almost won in spite of not having a quarterback, that took a guy trying to jump over the pile at the end of a game um, to lose in the playoffs with a backup quarterback. So they're a stable organization where he's like technically, him and Zay Flowers are their top options. So he still did what was right by him and did choose a winner. And I do believe Hopkins is going to as well. It's not going to just be um, uh, some bag thrown at him by a team that's non-competitive, Mike. So from the Going Deep podcast on the Cover One Podcast Network, I'm Kevin Masseri. That's Mike Bunt. Tune into all of our shows this weekend. Like I said, if anything happens on the Hopkins front, we'll all be back with you. But if not, we'll see you next week, Tuesday at 7. We're looking forward to giving you some great off-season shows the entire summer. And we'll be back with you in one week from now. We'll catch you guys all later. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in from the Going Deep podcast. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. 
I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. Deep throw. And it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action. If you've been hurt by a truck, you can call Colombo Law 24-7 and we'll be there to make sure you're taken care of. When someone is hurt by a truck, Colombo Law is the law firm people call to get answers. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law. When someone is hurt in a truck accident, the one question everyone has is why did this terrible collision happen? To answer that question takes an experienced team of lawyers and experts. Not everyone has this type of experience. At Colombo Law, we are truck injury lawyers. It's what we do every day. When someone is hurt by a truck, Colombo Law is the law firm people call to get answers. Hurt by a truck? Call Colombo Law.